Hello. Hello and welcome to Engaging the Culture. My name is Josh Seaton. I'm the youth pastor at LifePoint Church in Prescott Valley, Arizona. So cool to finally be back. I know we've talked about crazy schedules. I know um, that you guys are feeling it too, whether you're a student, a parent, a pastor. Um, I know you guys are all feeling it too, but but just to give some context as to what happened, um, I, I we we went on a, a vacation to celebrate my fiance as she finished uh, her master's up. So she's officially smarter than me now. Um, I'm just kidding. She was always smarter than me. Uh, so we did that, and then um, man, just between uh, trying to get the church reopened and everything, we just uh, weren't able to really get. Um, podcasts out as as normally as I would like. So with that being said, expect these every week. Again, I'm coming back to a normal schedule. Um, we're finally getting to that point, and uh, I'm so happy to, to say that. So don't expect me to take another two, three weeks off uh, anymore with this podcast. Uh, I do take it serious. I want to be a resourcer. I want to uh, to to be able to uh, to do that. And, um, so, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for bearing with us. If you were wondering where podcasts were, um, over the past few weeks, there's your context, but don't worry. It's not going to happen again. Um, I am using that little break to kind of, uh, turn up the format a little or change the format, switch it up. Um, and, uh, so we're actually, uh, I'm no longer going to go over the sermons and things that we did, um, with LifePoint Youth. Um, one, there's been so many weeks that it would be crazy to try to recap it all. Two, I really want to separate this away from uh, what we're doing as a youth ministry. Um, I really want this to be um, kind of my my thing. Obviously, I'll still keep the intro, keep, you know, like I'm not denouncing anything that the church does or anything that my ministry does. But uh, I do I do want to, to dedicate some time um, to switch up the format um, because there's another reason as well. And that is, um, as I'm asking questions, as I listen to guests um, speak on the various topics that we have, uh, I realize that I don't really have um, an opportunity to kind of share my opinions as well. Obviously, I play back uh, and play off of um, my guests and, and the people as they, uh, as they share ideas or, or I, I can lead and guide that direction. But I don't get a chance to really explain um, where I am at and what I am uh, uh, feeling about you know a certain issue. Obviously, um, this past, obviously this past uh, week or, or the the past podcast um, was a solo one, and in those I'm able to 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 speak uh, a little bit more freely. But I'm going to use this first section uh, to kind of uh, do that and to introduce the topic and then to bring guests in to add on to it. So we're actually going to start. Uh, introducing the topics here in this first segment before the break, and then we'll uh, we'll do that. So so a little bit of a, a schedule change, a little bit of a format change, um, and uh, I just I just think that it'd be um, I think it would be more beneficial as opposed to um, recapping what we're doing in our ministry. I'll still plug it, still go find it, LifePoint Youth Audio Podcast. But um, as far as, as as linking it in here, I'm not going to uh, to do that anymore. Without further ado. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and introduce this topic. Um, this week, we, we are going to be uh, discussing uh, aging in, in ministry 
um, what that looks like, specifically uh, as it pertains to aging in uh, kids, in youth ministries, ministries that a lot of times people see um, older people and and they, they look at anybody really like honestly, anybody over 30, they're starting to like be like, okay, what's up? And then, uh, you know, it, it is just a fact of the matter that that when you age into 40 um, and, and beyond, people start to really look at you and say, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you, you know, progressing or whatever? Obviously, that, that's, that's a crazy um, and, and, and borderline ignorant um, position to take. Uh, but, but at the same time, uh, it's an issue that I think uh, it fits perfectly. I'm so excited about our guest who's going to be uh, sharing with us a little later on. Um, he, he's a good friend of mine and uh, just uh, he's right in that 40 um, uh, year old um, age bracket and stuff. There's a couple other guys who I could have brought in and I might bring in to continue this discussion even further. I don't really uh, know yet, but but I think that it's important to discuss this because a lot of people uh, people who, who don't uh, or aren't familiar really with um, with the 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 job or the work of the ministry, um, the ins and outs of it. Uh, a lot of times they they discount um, associate pastors because they're associate pastors. They discount people who are youth pastors or kids pastors, and they don't really give them the same credence the same ability to pray the same ability to speak into the lives of of situations um i have several stories already and i'm only a year into ministry daryl shares a little bit uh about some of his uh later on and it just is crazy to me that people can walk around and um you know uh, it, 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 it's unknowing and a lot of times it's harmless and they, they don't mean anything by it. It's just kind of the, the, the status quo that they've grown up in. But a lot of times they, they don't realize how um, demeaning and even disrespectful that can be. Um, a lot of times, especially as you grow older, um, you can find, you can find yourself in a, in a weird spot. All the guys that I talk to at least say that they, they're in, um, they're, they're in a spot where, um, they feel like people are looking at them and, and kind of wondering why they're doing what they're doing. But at the same time, students are kind of feeling the same way. Um, now, a lot of Daryl talks a little bit about this uh, a little later on uh, in, in the podcast. But but it's it's awesome to see the different roles that we have as uh, as pastors and as we grow in ministry, especially dealing with students um, and kids is the fact that you can grow into different roles. You can be a spiritual big brother. Um, that's kind of the role that I'm in, you know, being, being 23, 24, uh, and, and, and kind of working there where you don't really have that parental um, value or guidance, but you do have a lot of authority. Um, and then you move into that spiritual parent. Then you move into the spiritual grandparent, all of which have value, all of which have a, a unique sense of of, of pouring into students lives and a lot of times people just don't see it they they only see the hierarchy of uh of of who you know who is working at the church or what's going on and uh, i think that that's just a trend that we need to start bucking if you are a lead pastor 
Um, if you are someone who is over other, maybe you're just an executive and you have other pastors underneath you, make sure that you are co-signing and stamping your approval on these guys so that they can walk with the same credence. Make sure that people know, you know, uh, I, 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 I always use this. I'm, a, I'm an associate underneath the lead pastor. I'm an extension of that lead pastor um, in his vision and his mission for the church. So if I'm an extension of the lead pastor when it comes to carrying out the mission and the vision for the church as it pertains to youth ministry, why is it that I can't be an extension when it comes to praying for people, when it comes to um, dealing with needs? Why, why is it that it has to get passed on and passed up the chain uh, to someone who is a, you know, and, and I hate this and, and I hate hearing it, but someone who is a real pastor? This is one of the frustrations that we that we deal with um, as associates, and it and it and it doesn't matter the age. Now, getting back to to some of this and how it pertains to uh, students, a lot of students, um, you have to you a lot of older people as they grow in youth ministry, they feel a need to uh, remain relevant. I think that is really cool in the discussion that you're gonna hear. That uh, and I know I keep referencing it in the future tense. We've already recorded this second second segment, but um. Uh, you're gonna hear uh, uh, the fact that you don't have to change. There's there's nothing um, uh, that 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 students hold on to more than a genuine connection and genuine like realness. So if you're trying to fabricate yourself or or, or put a version of yourself up that is not authentic to who you are, students are gonna see it and they're gonna discount you not because you're you're not um, relevant enough, but that you're not real enough. I think that that's a big, big thing as I grow in ministry is something that I am going to remain to do is to continue to be true to who I am and 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 continue to trust in the Lord that he is putting me in positions that I can still be relevant and useful. So if you if, if you're real, the relevance will come. And I think that that's something that uh, people who are associates, people who are growing up need to hear Um so so desperately um and, and and if you are an associate pastor make sure that you don't get discouraged by those conversations a lot of times it just comes out of a a status quo of what this thing was or what this thing is and uh as far as like the structure of of church staffs and stuff and uh and i think it just takes a, a team to come around these associates and really be able to allow them to be true extensions of their lead pastor and uh, to really buck that trend. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. Uh, I know it's going to make for a little bit of a longer episode um, each and every week as I kind of share my opinions on it. A lot of times you'll hear the same stuff uh, talked about by our guests in more detail. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I just kind of wanted to kind of give my uh, two cents on the topic before we get into Daryl. You do not want to miss it. Stick around because this conversation is so, so, so good. We apologize for the audio um, the past couple and actually this next one that will be here uh, next week is going to be the same thing where it's the Zoom audio and um, and, and so it sounds really uh, contorted and and. and um, you know, very low quality. I apologize. I'm trying to figure out how the best way uh, to get one of these microphones set up on my end at least 
so that um, when we bring in guests, it's not completely, um, completely low quality. So get ready for this conversation. It's amazing. Make sure you listen to it. There will be a bonus episode as well. More on that at the end of the podcast. Welcome back to Engaging the Culture. Uh, it's so good that, that you guys are, are back and still listening. Uh, I thank you so much each and every time that we do this podcast that you guys are listening. I'm actually really excited. We have another Zoom uh, conversation, uh, pulling the audio out from Zoom. I know all of us are so familiar with that over the past couple months. Uh, but but I, I have a good friend of mine, uh, a guy who has poured into me, even when he didn't know that he was pouring into me as a middle schooler. He wasn't even my youth pastor, uh, but then he came on board at uh, the, the church that I grew up in. He's the youth pastor at Good Shepherd Church. It is Daryl Allen. Daryl, how are you, man? I'm great. I'm excited to be here on this podcast with you. Yeah, man. Thank you. I, 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 um, I, Daryl, like I said, he poured into me as a middle schooler. He was a youth pastor in the community, but he wasn't necessarily at my church. Uh, his youth pastor, my youth pastor, and, and him actually had a really good relationship. Um, and uh, and then he came on board right as I was starting my senior year of college. Uh, so we worked. Uh, I was an intern, and we we were working super tight. And uh, and now we're we're both in youth ministry and and still doing it. You've actually taken on kids ministry as well. And so lots changing with your with your job. Do you just want to kind of give us a, a background introduction for those of you who? Who might be listening and don't know who Daryl is. He's awesome. Just give us a, a little bit about yourself, man. Well, besides being the dopest of dope, no, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I've been in I've been in ministry for about 16 years, just about, uh, and pretty much the bulk of that has been. I actually started in kids ministry, and I had no clue what I was doing, but I really felt the call with like probably within like I really felt called to lead young people and and to work with young people, not necessarily lead. But like definitely work with them and and to kind of help uh, disciple them as the the more I you know I didn't even use the word disciple back then but yes uh, so I've been doing it for 15 16 years uh, youth ministry predominantly and like I said I knew you back when I would visit your middle school and get there about seven o'clock on these random days and uh, I looked I, I did I didn't even know which kid was you until I saw the picture back in middle school and I go oh yes I remember that guy I did not know that was you. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, I yeah, I grew a beard. Yeah, you grew it. You grew a beard. That's 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 the big factor. But no, just been doing youth ministry uh, for like in kids has kind of been. I've kind of done kids. It, usually, what would happen is I would do youth ministry, and then like more stuff gets added on. It's like, yeah. well, you can do kids. You can do kids too. So I would do kids too, where I would fill in while the kids pastor quits. I would do both. I've done that a, a bunch of times. Also, I do graphic design. I do videos. I stay pretty yeah. busy in a number of areas, but that's just, uh, that's just, but I, I love young people. I haven't worked at for uh, middle school for a few years doing in-school suspension, working with kids who get in trouble, Yeah. Uh, which, which was, which kind of ties in with our topic a little bit today. So anyway, that's just a little absolutely. bit about me. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, uh, just, it, like I said, man, it's so fun to see the connections that you you didn't know were as impactful and then to revisit them later on it's just 
it's just really cool. And, um, and yeah, the reason that experience and, and some of, some of where you come from is actually why, uh, I brought you in for this discussion. Uh, if you listen to the beginning of the podcast, you would hear kind of my take on this and, and where I come from, but I really wanted to bring Daryl in to talk about the, the importance of older adults in youth ministry, kids ministry, pouring into kids' lives, not only how that affects the students who you pour into, but even how it affects the adults and the other leaders who you're serving with. Um, because I think, and you would agree, anytime you have uh, a, an older youth pastor or an older kids pastor, an older youth leader, there's some authority that comes with that um, where they can even pour into some of your younger leaders and, and uh, not only students. So um, I just think it's, it's vast, vastly important. Um, if, if we'll just open up by, by asking this, what is the biggest difference in being kind of a young cat, a young guy in ministry, and then as you grow and as you gain experience and knowledge and stuff, how does that shifted your philosophy, the way you do things, the, the way you, you interact with students and stuff like that? That's a, it, it's kind of a big answer. I'll try to keep it as brief as I can. Uh, from me being a young youth pastor around like, what was it, 24, 25, uh, which now I've been 15 years. Uh, I'm 40 now. Uh, it hurts to say, but it's true. <laughs> but, but, but it doesn't change my love for young people. Uh, the difference, I would say, obviously, there's experience. I've got a lot of experience under my belt now. Like when you're young in ministry, I'm going to be honest, you always remember your first year. I'll tell you that. You remember your first year in full-time ministry, part-time. See, I started out as a volunteer youth pastor. Uh, I remember my wife and I, we would pack, well, we weren't married at the time. We were just dating, but, but we, ha I remember we had a youth group of zero. It did not exist. Mm. We were at a church out in Maceo, Kentucky. Uh, and we were tasked with doing a youth ministry. So we, I remember us making these, like the flyers probably look super, super cheesy now, but like we made these flyers and we hit, we hit the whole area, every door we could find, um, and so anyway, on that first Wednesday, we had like 20 teenagers mm. uh, and consistent, I'd say consistently after that, we had anywhere from 10 to 15. Uh, it would just kind of vary based on season, based on what's going on. Long story yeah. short. Um, so you always remember that, but you also make a lot of mistakes. Like we packed a bazillion kids in our cars and we would go, we would pack as many as we could, take them to the church, take them home eat out afterward. I mean, it's amazing. I didn't gain more weight back then because I ate so much Ritzy. I ate a lot of Ritzy. There was a Ritzy. Oh man. I always went to. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Mountain Dew and pizza is usually what most people's uh, go to. Um, <laughs> so I would say, I would say like there's the, and I was, I was telling you before, there's just kind of this, there's kind of this thing that the older you get, you can't do it anymore. And mm. I don't know if that's necessarily true because working in in-school suspension and working in ministry as long as I have, and especially with Generation Z, there's just a hunger to, that. like most kids are not being parented. There's like, there's a, they need family. And just in short, they need family. And I would say I have more credibility now as a parent myself and as a guy who has a lot of years mm. under my experience, I have a lot more credibility than I did when I first started. I think I hate to say this, but I think sometimes people have a hard time respecting like they may somebody may be a pastor at age 22, 23, 
And I think some people, they, they really look at age as something they respect. When I know a lot of people that are young that are much, much more deserving of respect than people who are older and their attitudes are terrible. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you got it. Well, I was just saying, experience one, obviously, because I made some mistakes early on. Just, just not, I didn't plan well. I didn't plan well at all, and I would upset parents. And I learned that, like, hey, if you say you're going to be back by midnight, be back by midnight. Don't get back at 2 a.m. Yeah. Parent, you know, I, I made some bad mistakes with, with administrative stuff early on. Uh, so, yeah, that's one thing. And just, I just think you, I just think as a youth pastor, especially, you know, you get credibility with parents just with experience and you being a parent yourself, it just makes you a little more relatable. Now, if you are a young cat in ministry, you need to learn that, like the one thing I've learned and I truly emphasize now that, that I didn't, I did back when I started is partner with parents, partner Mm. with parents as early on as possible. This is for a youth pastor. If you come across this, learn to partner with your parents as quickly as you can. And you're always going to have that one or two that is just not going they're going to kind of buck you or they you know it's going to take time to win them over and Mm -hmm. and some people you may never win and and that's okay yeah yeah um, I I think for for me there's so much that even I relate to with with what you were saying about uh, the respect thing and and just the the credibility so so it's really important to 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 have that I I think and and as you're building uh, a team even to have have that I was talking to a youth pastor uh, a few years ago uh, as I was trying to learn things and he developed kind of a a, a scheme of like uh, kind of tiered um, volunteers so he had him and his wife at the top obviously they were the youth pastors but then he had older married couples who were youth leaders then he had single like like middle-aged you know people who were just hanging out and then he would have his college age students and, and, and those type of people underneath them. So you, you're not necessarily pouring in, but, but you have uh, just the experience of, of pouring into uh, other leaders, which actually kind of leads into the next thing. Uh, as, you, as you grow and as you're, you gain all of that experience and respect, um, is, it, is it easier to pour into leaders and and obviously you talked about the parent thing is it easier to pour into leaders or do do they kind of think that um you know it's not it's not uh cool to be poured into by somebody who's who's older because i feel like students are way more receptive to that because you you carry that weight than maybe even a, a college age student uh is my mom you know my mom uh, she goes to, to to church there and she's a teacher she talks all the time about new teachers coming in and telling her what to do, you know, and the, how like, like that's kind of that. So do you think on a leader's perspective, as you pour into leaders, that that's the case or would you, what, what is, what have you experienced in that? Well, it really, it really varies by church and by context. Uh, I would say that pouring into leaders, like even, uh, let me, let me address students first. Uh, Yeah. 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 Most, most students are very open. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if I may, I may have mentioned that about Generation Z being like the first generation that's technically leaderless. Mm. Uh, I heard Jeannie Mayo talking about this recently. It was really good. And I was talking to a parent today. It totally applies. But they're very hungry to be mentored. And like Jeff Grinnell, I'll mention him. Check his stuff out, Youthology. He says that there should be multi-generational leaders, which is literally what you just described. If yeah. I really think, I really think, and just me working with kids in in-school suspension and kids that got in trouble, these kids would call themselves bad, and I would always, I was basically a youth pastor in in-school suspension. 
For sure. I mean, I gave them the, I gave them the Bible. They'd be, are you a preacher? Like maybe, you know, so, uh, well, but my point is like the whole thing, they need family and they want family. Now in regard to leaders, uh, you know, most, I have some people that are older than me that, or may, it might even be like a few years. And I think sometimes it just depends on the personality and, and the, the temperament of the conversation. Most people are pretty receptive. Like, like, for example, if I have to have a, have to have a hard conversation, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't care. Like I've had some with uh, some young 20 year olds and, and it, you know, I, I feel like they're not used to, it's almost like they're not used to being like corrected or kind of like when I, my first job, I had to, I had like five bosses. I had one main boss and you're like, a four underneath department head. I answered to all of them. And if I wanted to keep my job, unless they made me do something unethical or immoral, you know, but I had to do my job. One of my bosses made me plunge a toilet. I'm just going to get real. Like in the church, we're never, we're never too big to plunge toilets. Let me just make Come that. On. But, but my boss made me plunge a toilet. And the, here's the thing. Part of my job was to clean the bathrooms every night. If I wanted to keep my job, that's what I did. But I've had I've had where some people they're not used to having that voice in their life to kind of guide them and correct them and it's not like you're browbeating them it's just you're trying to guide them and say hey you're not doing this well uh, what's going on how can we course correct this mm-hmm. and then I've had I've had some that are older and it really just you know you may it, it just it may rub them the wrong way yeah and I try to look I try to put myself in their position like if somebody's telling me this. How would I want to hear it? Anyway, mm-hmm. for the most part, most people are receptive to, to like, leaders are receptive. But I will say when dealing with young, I've worked with a lot of millennials. And now you're a millennial, right, Josh? Uh, I believe I'm on the back end. I think they re- yeah. recalibrated it. And I think it's like, I think it's, I'm either, I'm either like literally the first year of Gen Z or I'm the back end of millennials. I think it's 96 is kind of that weird, that weird thing. So I think I'm the back end of millennial. Yeah. So I worked, uh, I worked a job with a lot of like uh, early to mid 20 year olds and they yeah. had like, and I don't want to say, I'm not saying anything bad, but they just kind of had this snarky attitude. For sure. And I was, a, and I was a manager. And so I had to correct some things. They're not used to that. So, um, so I guess my thing is, is but that's not everybody, you mm-hmm. know, so it really just depends on the temperament. I feel like I'm spinning in a wheel here, but it really depends on the, no, temperament you're of the conversation. Most yeah. leaders are, most leaders are open. Most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, studying just the the parent dynamic. Let's, let's shift over to parents a little bit, uh, and you can speak on this as a parent and a pastor, so that's awesome. But um, there, there's there's this thing in uh, in psychology where um, parents start to see attention um, grabbed more to the more to the to the uh, the, the child, uh, whether that's you know whether that's like. Um, this might be a weird example, but like, uh, this is just what we learned. Like, like women, um, when they, when they see their daughters grow up and, 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 uh, men start giving more attention to their daughters than them. It's like a really big thing for, for parents. But I think there's a broader, uh, example of that where, where, um, they start to see the independence of their students, uh, and their, their children. And then they start to, uh, to, to either act out or, 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 you know, go weird. So how do you keep, um, parents, resourced and motivated to continue to pour into the lives of their their children without um kind of kind of feeling and i know this sounds weird but but feeling bitter towards their children or feeling like like they got it and they can figure it out on their own like obviously 
um, parents probably struggle with that as well. Of uh, I'm getting too old to relate to my child, or or I'm getting you know up there and I, I'm just disconnecting with them. So how do you remain uh, connected as as a parent to your child, and then how do you resource as a pastor uh, for for those parents to be able to connect? Okay, as a parent, first of all, as a parent, like there is no like formulaic blueprint. Uh, I think even the most well-meaning parent who, like, for example, kids' friends are a big deal. He, yeah. Like, no, parents are the number one influence. Number two would be friends. And usually if there's a problem, I would look at parents or family as a whole, and then I would look at friends. Um, how do you, I had, like, for example, I had a conversation with a parent today, and it, it was started with one thing, and it ended up being around about, like, five things. Yeah. And uh, how to how to keep them... First of all, nobody ha nobody has the the formulaic. Uh, this is how you do it thing. And, and like, sure. there's gonna be. I was a baseball player. Curveballs come your way, and you don't hit every single one. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where, as a parent, you re like look for the re look for any any red flags, any signs along the way. Uh, don't just ignore them. Uh, I was talking to a parent recently about sexuality, which, by the way, I just posted something from Moral. Uh, uh, moral revolution, really good stuff. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, just as a resource, uh, that's as a parent, you know, number one, uh, hey, we're all in this together. You're not alone. That's the number one thing that parents need to know. Is like, hey, we're with you. Uh, you're not alone on this journey. You know, we love you. And like, and then on the backside, it's like, okay, this isn't just something we can correct this second. Uh, mm -hmm. Something, some things are very black and white and you can fix or maybe resolve quickly, but some things there's a pattern over years. Like I can't tell you how many parents I've talked to. They're like, Hey, uh, Mr. Youth pastor, I need you to reach my, my teenager or my grandchild. That's a teenager. And I said, well, you've got to think these, these teenagers have 14, 15, 16, 17 years of bad habits, or maybe a habit of not even being anywhere near God or Jesus. Yeah. So, and, and you know, the number one thing to them is friends. If their friends aren't there, they don't want to go. So it's kind of like it's not it's going to be a little rocky. So uh, the the moment you start seeing, I guess, signs of problems, you begin to work on them. One resource I would recommend to parents is a book called Sticky Faith. Mm. Uh, I think it, I think it's by Kara. I think it's Kara Powell writes it. Sticky Faith. And there's actually if you get the right one, it actually has ideas. Uh, they say over the course of a child's faith. The, the the one thing that where faith remained intact even past college was things that they did as a family like for example grades improve if families have one meal at the table per day one at least one they say just school grades improve and that also means the family dynamic like i don't know about you but like sometimes when i was in high school we didn't eat as a family at the table i would eat in my room while watching tv and listening to music Mm -hmm. so but uh but we always made sure we had at least one meal at least one together uh that didn't you know that was definitely later on especially when homework was heavy it's like man yeah. i can't sit at the table there's too much to do but i think yeah. um but anyway there's a book called sticky faith i would really recommend that to i'd recommend that to pastors too uh and basically uh like you just heard about the lead singer from hawk nelson who just yeah. abandoned his faith yeah Rhett and lee Rhett and link abandoned their faith uh, if you look, listen to all these stories, it's almost like these people are operating with cultural Christianity, which is like mom and dad had faith, grandma had faith. They had friends that were in faith. They were involved in kids ministry or youth group, 
but they never really owned it and experienced uh, the Lord for themselves. Yeah. And they, the, and Sticky Faith actually says this. This is also why I mentioned it. It isn't that having doubts. It, people don't abandon their faith because they have doubts. They abandon their faith because they don't have space to explore those doubts, to have, a, to have those hard questions, and to really wrestle with the answers. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's so good. And, and I think that it's so important for them to know, yeah, there, there, there's a community there. And, and ultimately, it is there. It is that responsibility of the, the parent to, to remain um, resourced and, and, and available for their, for their, for their child. I, I, I've, I've had even um, parents and, and grandparents who come up and say, hey, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you connecting here? Why aren't you doing this? And, and you know, uh, it, it's a hard conversation to have to say, you know, really, ultimately, this is me partnering up with you. It's not, it's not, it's not me doing it and sending a packaged product back to you. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that's important for people to know. Yeah, if I can build on that. Yeah, I, I can't tell you, there's so many people that expect, I hate to say this, but many people expect youth pastors to be like life and event and activity coordinator for their for their kids and it's like don't get me wrong we we, we love doing those, those activities and those events are geared Absolutely. to point them to jesus it's not just fun it's to point them to the jesus to literally get them to be opened up to maybe receive from the holy spirit yeah and uh so all that stuff has a purpose but there's some people they think well you've got to have something all the time and and uh one one a few ways i resource parents and it really depends because during this quarantine i had some parents just completely ghost on me mm-hmm uh, but I use like a, uh, I use a Facebook parent group. And by the way, Facebook, I know most teenagers are not on there. If they are, it's the one social media platform they're allowed to have because their parents can see it. Yeah. Uh, but, but I do like a parent group on Facebook. I do, I use a, an app called Remind, which is like a texting app. I use that. I also personally text parents. Uh, and that, and since Zoom has become so big, I've, I've been using Zoom for like a year, but not nearly as much as during the quarantine, but Zoom is a great resource as well. Yeah. Um, I, I try to, I try to like, I would say, as I'm trying not to ramble, no, I, you're try good. To, I, try, I try to have a conversation with parents like every week, like every Wednesday or every Sunday, uh, I try to talk to them and ask how they're, how they are doing how is their teenager doing or how is their kid doing and try to make a conscious intentional effort every week to at least speak to a different one mm-hmm. and just try to and it's just trying to build and, and build that relationships and build that bridge but, yeah you know i've recommended i've recommended books there's also something called the parent queue which by the way the parent queue is an app that's really good uh it also has this life detector where it tells you how many kids how many how many months or days or years you've got your kids gone until yeah. uh, so they graduate high school, it's kind of scary as a parent. But uh, I, 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 again, as as pastors, we're to equip people for the work of the ministry. Yeah, our family, our families are a ministry. So I'm, I, me personally, especially out of the quarantine, I feel a conviction that I'm to pastor the parents even more than what I have. Yeah, because because a lot of times your parents are the ones that bring the teenagers to church until they can drive. Your parents are the ones that bring kids to the kids' church. Whatever it is, they're the ones that get them there. And yeah. if you if you can, and then I've had some on the flip side where the teenagers on fire, and the mom and dad are not believers, and then you got to fan the flame of the student. You know, it's kind of if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, tr- it truly is an equipping and pastoring thing. 
um, that it, it just takes time and longevity. Don't, yeah. don't be the youth pastor that leaves in six months to 18 mm-hmm. months. That's the statistic. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Um, uh, I have a couple more, a couple more questions. And, and I think that this is actually one of the, one of the bigger ones uh, of this discussion. And that is how do you find, um, and, and how, uh, how do you, you take people who are, um, uh, older in, in youth ministry, kids ministry, dealing with students, um, what's, what's been the biggest success that you found in rejuvenating yourself, um, in learning the culture and, and staying relevant? What's the, what's the biggest thing that has helped you to, um, be able to pour into the lives of students, to talk their language, to, uh, interact on their, on their terms? What, what, what's the, the biggest influence or resource that you personally have found that you can point uh, other people who are kind of in that position where they're 30, I would even say 30 for, for uh, youth ministry, like a lot of students see that as, as older. And so like for those 30 and 40, maybe even older uh, youth pastors and kids pastors, how do you uh, 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 rejuvenate yourself and continue to learn the culture? Such a loaded question. All these numbers being thrown around for ages. <laughs> hey man, I know. D- Doug Fields, one time at a conference I went to, I think I was 20 six and he said hey if you're past 23 you're no longer relevant and mm. I was like I just, I just laughing sitting just listening to him I was like 26 <laughs> like well I guess it's over you know um, <laughs> but but um I would say um I'm trying to think how do I answer that question I can I can throw out some things that I would say number one uh don't students can sense fake a mile away yeah um I don't try to wear the 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 freshest clothing i mean i try to i want to look good i want to be up to date i don't want to be wearing you know bell bottoms or i i don't know <laughs> I, I also also don't want to because okay let me give you an example years ago yeah. about 10 years ago i went to a conference and there was this pastor there and he had the ed hardy jeans do you remember the ed hardy jeans i do yeah he had the ed hardy jeans he had <laughs> the button up that was blinged out and uh what do we what do we uh, bedazzled i guess you could say <laughs> there you go <laughs> you know what I, it was and he had his hair was completely dyed and i just remember going man like why is he trying so hard but then again you know i think i think you know like jeff grinnell jeff, I, I really think the god just i think one nobody wants to get old our culture does not our culture if you're past 34 you're now mm-hmm. in the older demographic you know, they say the main demographics, 18 to 34. So if you're 35, sorry, you know, mm. it's kind of, yeah. you know, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the young demographic has, they act like it's moved on. I, I really feel like he was, I really feel like he just wanted to feel like he looked good. He still was trying to reach people. I don't think he was doing that to be fake. I just think that was him just trying to go, you know what, I'm trying to reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Cornell, Jeff Cornell is 57, and I, this is something that really stuck with me. And I'll try not—I'll try to keep this as brief as I can. He said, "When you start out young in youth ministry, you're like the brother, or the crazy uncle. You know, like mm-hmm. in your in your 20s." And he, he says, "When you get in around the 10-year mark, uh, somewhere between 10 and 20, something like that," he said, "You become the father." And I feel like I'm in the father role. And he said, now he goes, when you get 15, 20 years plus in youth ministry, he says, you're in the grandfather role. And he goes, the grandfather role is invincible. And he said, now Jeff Cornell dresses probably fresher than you and I 
and you, you, and you're young, Josh. You keep up with it, but I've seen him. And yeah. he just says, "Hey, man." He says, "Hey, I'm a missionary," and he goes out to the malls or wherever wherever young people are, and he just they'll look at him and go, "Man," but he 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 looks like he looks like he just cares what he wants, what he's wearing. He looks fresh. He looks nice. And uh, he ministers to young people because he says, I look at myself as a missionary. So why do I talk about all this? Yeah. Um, I think one, just be yourself. Everybody, everybody says it, but everybody deep down wrestles with, are they good enough? I mean, mm-hmm. bro, I'm going to shoot straight with you. I'm getting gray hair. Uh, I'm getting, I'm getting gray hair. I, I see, I see more of it now than I did three years ago. I can't stop it. Could I dye my hair? Sure. Uh, but I don't think I want to now why mm. my point is, is like, I think people deep down, they kind of wrestle with, man, am I relevant? You know, I got to look yeah. cool. I, I think just be you, be who you yeah. are. Uh, and, and that's number one. Number two, how do I stay resourced to make sure, how do I stay in the know? Mm-hmm. But, but my, my message in that is don't be fake. Uh, resources that I use to kind of stay in the know, uh, there is, I listen to podcasts a lot, like. Uh, like Jeannie Mayo, she's like 73 or something, and she's still doing youth ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's like the mother of youth ministry, if you want to get technical. And Jeannie Mayo is a woman, but I highly respect her. What she and she she also talks a ton about family. Yeah, and always yeah. has and, and always has. But uh, I would say like the source for youth ministry. Uh, there's also uh, that's Jonathan McKee. If you've never heard of him, uh, he's got an awesome newsletter that keeps people up to date with stats. Uh, he also has a, an offshoot of that called the source for parents. Yeah. A great way to equip parents. Um, just his website alone will keep you in the know on like song lyrics, keep mm. you in the know on like, for, I mean, I'm just going to get real. There's one blog he wrote on, uh, sexually transmitted diseases or STIs now, I think is what they call it. And it was super informative. He keeps up to date on his stuff. Uh, Good. For Jonathan McKee, the source for YM.com source for parenting. Check that out. Uh, trying to think um what else do i keep up with uh let me, i'll have to think there's a there's a number that's one thing i regularly go to it's pretty good it's a pretty good resource that's awesome um what what do you have josh what do you use and maybe my my wheels will turn yeah so um a lot of a lot of my stuff is what i just do personally and casually you know i'm 20 i'm 23 about to turn 24 in two months which is crazy i'm already like whatever but um like most of my stuff is literally just just what I, I'm I'm involved in, whether it's checking right. Facebook. I'm I'm huge into Twitter, so 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 I'll I'll scroll Twitter and, and and see what people are talking about and seeing what's what's up with that. I think for me, Twitter has been the the biggest thing in viewing and watching and sitting back and going, okay, this is what's going on. Um, but then also uh, like you, re- reading up, uh, listening to podcasts, and then I think for me as a younger person, it's allowing uh, older people to pour into me. And then taking that knowledge of the culture that I have and just filtering all of that wisdom into, into my students and parents and ministries. And so um, blogs and, and, and all of that, I think um, the, the, biggest, uh, hmm. the biggest thing that, that I've seen um, in trying to, to uh, remain uh, uh, relevant, we, we actually in Arizona, uh, the Dream, Dream City, uh, is, is a church down in Phoenix. It's one of the biggest uh, assemblies churches in the nation. And they do a big conference there. And they um, have workshop after workshop after workshop. So that's been big for me, uh, getting to attend that that this year and uh, just listening to, to other people talk about 
uh, Gen Z uh, uh, talk about things that are impacting the culture there. You know, so I think conferences, podcasts, blogs, all of those things, but then also for younger people to take the wisdom and the, the input that you're getting from those older leaders and filtering it through um, kind of just what you already are going through. So, uh, so there's that, but, um, and, and this, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was saying some stuff's kind of timeless. Like young yeah. people love music. They love movies. Look at, look at what people are watching. Look at like, look at the billboard top 100. I mean, mm -hmm. pay attention, pay attention to, I mean, you can just Google these things. Yeah. Uh, just pay attention to like, you know, who are the, like, I'll be honest. It's really hard to keep up with the top musical acts because I feel like it's changing all the time, especially with, you know, you used to have to get a, a like an album on CD or something. And then, you know, with iTunes and of course, Google play and SoundCloud, I mean, you can get an album out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's always somebody, uh, some things are kind of timeless and you don't, I know there's this pressure. I remember a youth pastor years ago said, man, I'm so tired of having to keep up with everything. Maybe you don't have to. And like Jeannie Mayo, her method, Jeannie Mayo obviously is much older, but she recruits younger people. Again, I believe in multi-generational. Yeah. You, like, one, like, you know, Norman at our church. Oh, I love the, Norman, man. He's the best. Students, they love Norman and Norman is like in his fifties and they love him. And, uh, just where's because his, he's himself. Where's his boot cut jeans and flannel shirts and like straight up. He is 100% authentic and yeah, dude, he's, he's absolutely, he's awesome. No, Norman, Norman is just Norman and he's super friendly and they, 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 I can't tell you how many students will ask, is Norman coming? Like, let's just uh -huh. say we're doing an event. Is Norman coming? They love Norman. And you know what? <laughs> I could, I could easily take that personally, but I'm glad that I have a leader that they are looking forward to. Yeah. To, to get to know and hang out with. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, I just, I just think some things are timeless and like, you know, just, like I was just going to say like podcasts, like, you know, there's stuff you can use. Youth ministry answers is a podcast. There's Gina yeah. Mayo. She's got one called the leadership, uh, 100 X podcast, which is really good. Uh, and again, Jonathan McKee, those are probably like good. three things. There's probably some people that for Jeff, Jeff Grinnell's youthology is a, is a massive resource mm -hmm. all onto it. Just if you want to know statistics, you want to know, uh, he's very high on all that stuff. Yeah, uh, Barna, the, the Barna group. That's another thing. Anyway, I could so I could go on. There's probably somebody I'm forgetting, but I, if I think of it, I'll tell you. Awesome. Well, um, I, I real quick, um, I, I would like to just hear, um, for one more for 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 parents and and youth pastors and stuff. How do you um, balance those conversations where um, people think just because you're an associate pastor, uh, like like just because you're working with young people. And just because you're underneath a lead pastor, it's like, when are you, when are you going to graduate and, and actually do this for yourself, you know? Um, so how do you work through that uh, as, as God, I know for me, even at being a youth leader, like I was in school for, for youth ministry. So I was going to be a youth pastor. So I even heard it from people like, when are you going to do this? Like, when are you going to like, so, so I can only imagine what it's like uh, as, as an, uh, an older associate pastor of like being like, okay, like when's, when you, when are you going to do it? You know? So like, how do you, how do you have those conversations, not get offended and, and really use them and kind of flip them for, to, to educate people and, and encourage them? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Cause I know, uh, if you were to ask me that question 10 years ago, uh, there's probably times I would have been offended by somebody just like, when are you going to grow up? When are, 
oh, you're just a youth pastor. You're not able to help me. Uh, maybe 10, 11 years ago, that would have really bothered me. Um, I don't know, man. I just kind of, I just feel like, I just kind of settled in my heart that God's called me to, there is no youth pastor in the Bible. There Come is on. no kids pastor in the Bible. There, mm-hmm. there are pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And if you're a pastor, you're a pastor. And some, some people still have that limited mindset and that limited view. I wouldn't, I would not be above correcting them in the, if somebody were to say, well, you're just a youth pastor. When are you going to graduate? And said, last time I checked, uh, I'm a pastor here at the church. I'm here to help shepherd the flock and the, the youth, the teenagers and the, for my case, kids as well. These guys are entrusted to my care. And guess what? Who parents those guys? Uh, who shepherds their, their mom and dad? Who pastors them? Guess what? You're looking at him. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put it in those exact words, but I, yeah. look, I would just say, by the way, I am, I, I would just kind of grin. It really just depends on the, the who it is, but for sure, uh, don't, don't let that, uh, I know. Well, and here's another thing. Uh, and I hate to say this, but youth ministry has this reputation of it just being goof off central. I mean, it's just like, I mean, no offense. Like if I see a youth ministry video, like for example, there's a t-shirt I saw that says, where's the receipts. And I, I've been, I've lost receipts. And, uh, you know, I, and, you know, it's like, all right, that's true. I lost the receipts. But, like, you know, it's more like, was it Josh Griffin? He had a blog for years called More Than Dodgeball. Yeah. I think there's a Netflix, there's a Netflix show now, uh, More Than Dodgeball. And, you know, it's so – some there's that stigma of, like, it's just, you know, a bunch of youth pastors doing something stupid. Or they see Cool Carl. By the way, Cool, cool Carl, if you're not following him, follow him. His stuff's yeah, dude. hilarious. The Macy's, uh, Macy's uh, got a couple siblings, uh, my future in-laws, and they're, um, they are six, eight, and – no, six, nine, and ten. Um, and they literally, every time we get on the TV, they're like, cool, Carl, cool, Carl. They love it so much. So yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I would, I would just say, don't be offended by that. Uh, cause like, and you gotta be careful. Like here's another, like I, I just listened to a guy who really was a mentor uh, to me and he had like this sex and porn addiction for, we're talking three decades. Yeah. And, and, you know, I didn't know that anyway, he's come out with the documentary and all this stuff now, but he he literally talks about having this need for validation. And sometimes I think people, if you're not careful, be very careful that like when you're in the role of pastor, it isn't about you being heard. Don't get me wrong. You have something to say, a message to preach or teach, Mm -hmm. but just don't, don't be careful not to, you know, get validation from that. Uh, Like a pastor, I'm jumping stories, but another pastor I know here locally, he told me in confidence one time, and this is, I'm not going to name him. Yeah. But he said, I just, I just don't know what I'm going to do now that I'm not a pastor. And for me, you know, a long time ago, 10, 11 years ago, man, I really, me and the Lord dealt with me. He like deconstructed who I thought I was. And like, yes, I'm called to be a pastor, but I'm also Daryl and it's okay to be Daryl. And, and just really, really settling inside that you're not looking for some validation. That when you when when youth ministry is not going well, you had a bad Wednesday night, and you will have a bad Wednesday night. You will literally have a message. You'll have a bad Wednesday night, and somebody will come up to you and say, "Man, the Lord really moved tonight." And you're going to be like, "How?" You know? but, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but 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 obviously he did. And, and you know, there's going to be those times where you really feel like you've really done your job, and there's going to be times you really feel like you failed. At the end of the day, God's called you to pastor. And it's going to be rough and you're going to have yeah. your good days and your bad days. And 
just kind of settle like God has called me to pastor uh, and, and to and like if if somebody minimizes your role those people are truly ignorant and don't understand the calling of pastor yeah. and and I, I I guarantee these people that you will win over over time mm-hmm. uh, as long as you keep your head up and don't let that stuff eat at you because like I mean you're I remember people used to tell me uh, hey, when's the youth getting its own room? And that that already bothered me. And when all these 10, 20, 30 people say, well, why doesn't the youth have its own room or whatever it is? I'd be like, man, that would just really like destroy me inside. And I think you really just kind of have to settle. My identity is in Christ. Yep. I'm called to be a pastor. Yep. But my, my identity is in him. And, and that's, that's an intangible that you can't just, you can't just give. It's like something you have to experience. Yeah. And uh, that, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I have one more question geared towards students. I know it's been a long discussion. Um, and, I could go and, two more hours. Let's go. Hey, dude, we totally could, like straight up. Uh, and, and you'll definitely be back talking about other stuff too, not just not just the fact that you're a little little gray head. It's fine. Um, hey, bro, I can't I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but like, um, I, I do think that there's a lot of value in what you're saying. So, so thank you so much. Just, just before we get into those last ones, geared towards students, man, how do you uh, guide and and guard and correct and lead students to be able to receive from the Daryls, the Normans, the 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 older youth leaders, the parents, even a lot of a lot of students don't even listen to their own parents. You know, how do you get them to say, no, there's a lot of value just because they're older, just because they're maybe not in the culture as much, like, like they're still, they still have a lot to pour into you and, and really allowing students to catch that vision. Cause obviously you're sharing like, like students are excited about these youth leaders who are, who, who don't really fit the mold of like what you would think of as like a youth, youth pastor. So, so how do you get students to catch onto that vision and, and really grab a hold of that? And then we'll, we'll, we'll end after that. I really could go a couple more hours. Like I, I love talking about this stuff. Absolutely. And, and I will, I will leave this conversation going. I should have said this. I should have said that. So <laughs> if anything comes to me, uh, we'll do another one some other Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, to, to your question, I would say very simply, uh, spend time with them. Mm. Uh, spend time. Like I think the more you spend time with, let's say just youth ministry, more time you spend with teenagers, the more you'll win them over. Yeah. Um, I know, I know, like, for example, I will use Good Shepherd as an example. When I first came on, I remember, uh, you remember Evan? Mm-hmm. I latched on to Evan pretty early on, and I just had some real conversations with him. And, I, you, know, I, you know, I make sure, like, for me personally, I tell all the students, I feel like every week how much that I love them, and we as the leaders and the staff of Tayo love them. But it's one thing to say it. Uh, a lot of them need to experience it. So, me personally, the most the most uh, impact I feel like I ever make is if I spend like one-on-one time or maybe it's two or three. Hey guys, yeah. like the other day, the other day I grabbed three of our students and we, we spent like four hours together uh, visiting our senior uh, high school, senior graduates. So good. And you know, we, we hung out, we got ice cream. It was just a good time. I just feel like at the end of the day, the more you spend time with them and the more you listen to them and I'm mm-hmm. a talker. So my wife is a fantastic listener. But I think the more you listen to them and like, I think you, the more you spend time with them the more, it's like, Hey guys, like, uh, Hey guys, we're going to watch the pay-per-view tonight or whatever it is. Hey, come on over. Let's just hang out. And it's just, you're just doing life together. You're inviting them into your home. I can't remember one. I, I just remember one time we had a meal right here at my table and man, they gobbled up everything. 
And uh, I know it made a big difference with uh, yeah. many of the, I'd say about 75% of everybody that was at my table that night still is around. Mm, um, so good. So that's, I would say, spend time with them, listen to them and really show that you love them and, and show them family. Like, for example, like Trisha and I, we bickered a little in front of them. And like, we also uh, make up in front of them. And that doesn't mean we're making out. Just means we're, 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 that's, cause that's, that's real. It's yeah. real. You know? 100%. So, Anyway, that's my yeah, man, that's so good. That's so good. Well, I, I love getting a chance to talk with you and, and hear your heart because you definitely are killing the game. Like you and 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 to to be doing it as long as you have been, uh, man, and to stay at that level is just is just incredible. And, and I thank you for for coming on and, and giving me some of your time uh, to to be able to have this discussion. Like I said. We'll get more than just talking about the the gray hair and stuff like that uh, a little later on. You know, I still we'll, have we'll, my hair though. <laughs> yeah, that's the important thing. Uh, I have a bunch of friends. I actually just had a friend on my social media uh, feed who just posted. He's like, I got a haircut because like quarantine's laxing, you know, around some areas. And he took a picture of his head and is balding. I'm like, oh man, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I know. So, but like, again, we'll, we'll definitely have you through talking more, man. You have a ton of wisdom, uh, a ton of, of just being, just being a heart to pour into other people and, and resource those. And so thank you. And, and thank you for your time, man. Uh, love you and appreciate you. Can't wait to see you later on this year. Cause last year when I visited, you were out in the shadows, you were gone. I did not get a chance to even say what's up. So, um, so we'll definitely have to have to catch up when when I come back. I'm looking at Thanksgiving, I think. So around okay. that time. So so we'll be able to. You get, uh, huh? you get married in September, right? Yeah, again. So next time I'm in Owensboro, I'll be married, which is crazy. Um, but it's cool. also really it's also really dope. So <laughs> uh, so yeah, man. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you guys for for taking the time out to listen to this discussion uh, uh just through this conversation i can already tell you it's going to be a bonus episode with this whole conversation in its entirety you can check that out it's going up simultaneously to this video and you can or, or not video um but with this audio and you'll be able to to be able to uh to listen to that man and take some time to check that out because there's a lot of really good stuff that uh might be uh gone from this uh, 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 from this version of the podcast. So, so thank you so much for listening and, 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 and thank you, Daryl, for, for joining us, man. You can find us at LifePoint Youth. You can also find, uh, Kyle, but what's your social media stuff? Let's go ahead and shout uh, you out. Kyle is on like everything. Just look up K-A-I-O-Y-T-H, Kyle Youth. Yeah, man. It's, it's awesome. This is, the reason I shout it out is because like, that's, that's my, I'm an alum from there like I graduated out of that out of that youth ministry so so gotta love that man check out Kyo check out LifePoint Youth you can follow us uh, anywhere at LP Youth AZ uh, and if you want to continue this discussion make sure that you uh, uh, email me at pastorjoshseaton at gmail.com let us know how you're feeling about this what your uh, take is on how to remain relevant um, even as we grow older and, and, and how students are, are, are doing that. Continue the discussion there, man. And I would love to be able to, uh, to respond to you guys and to, to listen. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Yet again, I'm signing off. Goodbye. <laughs>